Welcome back to another episode of In-Depth. My name is Luke Hardacoff, and I'm a surf coach at Ombi. If you're new to Ombi, we take a look at surfing from the perspective of ocean, mind, body, and equipment. In this podcast, it's all about straight-to-the-point tips, things that you can take away, implement into your surfing, or things that are going to change the way you view it, or see things in a new light. And this week's episode... I really wanted to dive into longboarding. I'm, I shaped my own log with the help of some guys up at Open Surf in Cornwall. Uh, Not with Clayton because Clayton is in Australia, but I have done stuff with him before and the rest of the team do their boards with him. But I shaped and I love riding my Nono log and I'm a longboarding convert. The board I made is a very traditional nose riding log and there are these unique learning experiences you get from changing boards that you have to feel to understand. And it's what started my love affair with longer boards. But I will add this little caveat and something to before we go around changing everything, before we go and change all our boards. I want to talk about this process, which is coming out in our new training on method 2.0 which hopefully will be coming out next month. It's in editing, so I don't have a solid date for right now. But bringing it back to that Ombi lens that I've spoken about in the last couple of weeks and how there's this order to Ombi and it's pay attention to the ocean first, relax your mind, calm it, understand how to move, then apply that movement, remove tension from it, and then your equipment is either an amplification or a mute effect on your movements and how Equipment is the last thing you should change. So I'm taking that into account and that constantly changing your equipment doesn't always give the solution we want. Not every board is a magic quick fix. Sometimes it's better to that we just need to pay more attention to the wave. More volume is sometimes not the solution when it could just be better positioning, which is your ocean or it's you need to calm your mind and respond better to the stimulus and relax to find yourself in better positioning. And then the body may just be, I just need to be more efficient. So I'm not saying these things to constantly go out and change your equipment. I'm saying that if you've got a longboard or if you're comfortable and if you practice this in surf, there's always gonna be a learning curve around jumping on a new board. And this is what builds into the S curve where As you make these changes, sometimes it's gonna feel like you're going backwards. You need to persevere with that frustration because frustration is uh, pointing to change. You're you're close to change. You just need to figure out what the fix is, which is where the Ombi lens comes in and a couple of things. So this is gonna come up in our future training, which will be free. We'll announce that when it's ready to go live. But I wanted to add that caveat that changing boards can lead to frustration and you need to understand that. And it's the same thing going from a longboard to a shortboard. So I'm going to also tackle today's podcast episode with some attention to when you're changing your board and what to understand and what to look for and how to make that easier. But that whole longboarding experience I had with shaping my board, there'll be a link in the show notes as well. I... I have a full write-up about how that experience was for shaping your own board. I think it's one people should go through if you have the privilege opportunity to do it. But with today's 
podcast, I want to dive into stance, bottom turn, generic cutbacks, your awareness of the board you're riding, all these little different things. And I also want to wrap this up in a way that you can understand what going from a long board and a short board and how this can help your surfing. And there's so many amazing experiences you can get from longboarding that help your shortboarding or just your general surfing. doesn't matter, even if you're just only riding longboards. And finally, last thing before I get in, the guys, Clay and Ant, also did a coach's eye on Joel Tudor where there is a lot of similar aspects come up in that video. So if you want a physical representation of some of these things for longboarding and how amazing they can be, they also did Devin Howard as well. So I'll have those in the show notes. You can watch along with those, but I'm not going to be commenting on that video because those guys have done an amazing job already. So firstly, with longboarding, we need to take the awareness and understanding of the board design. So when you're changing up boards, you want to know how does this board feel? How does it move? How does it want to be used? Not ridden. You ride the wave, not your board. Your board is a tool. If you're going up to a longboard, everything is slower, more purposeful and gentler in terms of your movements. It's a muting effect of your movements. So what I mean by this muting effect is that more volume, bigger board, wider, everything like that, it's going to take longer to respond. So when you move, the response from the board is going to be muted. It's going to be less loud. When you go to a short board, it's going to be amplified. It's going to respond to every single little movement and it's going to accentuate them because it's allowing itself to move more. There's less resistance of the water, less surface area. So many deeper things on that, but that's the rough idea of it. And understanding this is key when you're trying to work on your weaknesses. Otherwise, it'll be you face planting. Or you just look like horrible style and everything goes out the window and it's not pretty to watch. And what I mean by this is that the longboard isn't going to suddenly respond to every flailing body movement like most average surfers on a shortboard. So if you're going up to a longboard, slow it down. Get yourself set and move with purpose. So with longboarding, I want to go straight into stance because everything stems from stance. If you're in a bad stance, you're not going to surf well, like period. That's why you want to be in a neutral, comfortable stance, freedom of movement in every direction. And when we think of logs, it's style, right? Everything is smooth and effortless. And as I said, style starts from a good stance as well. And a lot of shortboarders do not have a good stance. They're bent over at the hips, side on, poo man stance, arms going in different directions. Getting onto a longboard is going to give you that stability to set your neutral stance and trim, to find the stance and relax. And being in that stance and relaxing is going to improve your style. Being tense, moving badly is a quick detractor from style. So when you're on the stance, you want to be focused on stacking and aligning your body for the small purposeful movements. And what I mean by the stacking is that everything's in line. So you're in one straight vertical line, like you're just standing up. 
That's it. But you've just got your knees bent, your arms are up, you're ready, you're in neutral stance. You're not in this hips bent over. You're in a position where everything's aligned, you've got good balance, and you can respond and move in any direction. So the real key of all this is it's not extra time and stability. It's cross-stepping. I want you to learn to cross-step to improve your stance. If your stance is bad, seriously, learn to cross-step. To cross-step, you have to have your stance set. No poo man, bent hips, or body out of alignment. So if you try and cross-step with bad stance, you're going to have a bad time. And until you solve your stance and your starting point, your cross-stepping is going to suck and be very hit and miss, hot and cold, and you probably won't understand why it's not working. If we take this concept out of surfing and we put it into any other sport, your setup for movement or action is as important as the movement or action. If you think about an Olympic sprinter at the blocks, the way they set themselves up is so important for them getting ahead and having a good start in the race. Divers, everything else, they have to be in the right position and the right frame of mind to do the action. Being in poo man stance side on isn't going to help your cross-stepping. Being bent over at the hips, you need to be stacked and aligned. And by trying to figure this out, you're going to improve your stance. So I've got a little exercise for you. I want you to find some space. Do it after the podcast. Do it now. Pause whatever you need to do. But I want you to try and cross-step in a bad stance. I want you to play with it. Like in often so many of these podcast episodes, I encourage you to play with things. And if you do it in a bad way and do it in a good way, you can figure out, whoa, this one feels better. Why does it feel better? You can start understanding things. You need these learning experiences more than me telling you what to do. So I want you to try and cross-step in a bad stance. It's bad, and I guarantee you're not going to do it in the surf. So I want you to be like bent over the hips, poo man stance. Try and make your stance as bad as possible on land and cross-step. Try and do it looking in the wrong ways. And then just try and fix these little things one by one, get into neutral stance, and very slowly practice a cross-step on land. And I need you to feel the difference between the bad stance and the good stance when you try and cross-step and how it feels and how easy and effortless it is. It's a slow motion. It's not quick, but I want you to play around with this. If you watch the Joel Tudor clip, it's neutral stance, stacked, small steps, and coffee cup. It looks like you're just kissing the knees, but with the cross-stepping. So what I mean by kissing the knees is that back knee coming into the front knee, hips facing forward, chest facing forward. In the descriptions of this one, you'll find the full write-up for this. There's a little gif of me showing kissing the knees. And this is what's going to help perfect your stance. It's going to remove tension and teach you to move more freely. So practice cross-stepping if you've got a bad stance. And if you're moving down to a smaller board, you don't need to perfect cross-stepping, but you want to perfect the stance because everything flows and stems from neutral stance. 
the easier, more second nature the stance is, the easier of a time you're going to have surfing. If your stance is crap, you're going to have a crap time. That's it. Moving on to the bottom turn, which is the bane of most intermediate surfers. And the two issues they face is that they don't know what it's actually like tapping into the power zone and feeling that acceleration from a bottom turn. And they don't know how to hold a bottom turn. By hold, I mean hold. So on a one second maneuver, despite every average surfer at your local doing it like it's an instant move. Turning a longboard can be slower. It's bigger. Therefore, it has to do a bigger turn. Logic, right? You also have a wider board, more volume to fight against to roll your rail in to do a bottom turn. So again, a slower turn. You can't just instantly lean on the rail and expect it to move. And you need to adapt the amount of effort you use to lean to match the board. You also need to not overpower the wave. So what I mean by that, there's a previous episode, I think called the intermediate surfer traps. And one of them is overpowering the wave, pushing too hard, doing things like that. You need to match the power to the wave. If you're coming from a short board and you lean hard, board may turn, but most surfers on a long board doing this are going to face plant. Why? You've lent harder and faster than the board has turned. The point being, you need to learn control, compress and extend. Look where you're going, hold the turn longer and modify the weight of the lean to match the board. You need to do it slowly and drawn out. So if you're coming down to a short board, don't fall into this trap of doing your longboard turn and then all of a sudden you come to a short board and it just happens. Like count out your bottom turn. It's still a drawn out turn even on a short board. So longboard or short board, you're still doing a multiple second turn. The difference being your longboard is going to turn in a wider arc and it may take a little bit longer or it may not go as vertical. It's also then on your shortboard, you can do the same process. You're just finding the nuance of how hard to lean, where to look, being more vertical, but you're still holding it out. It's the same feeling, it's just adjusting it to the tool and how that tool wants to be used. A similar thing to understand with maybe beginners or intermediates on longer boards is that the board will resist wanting to be turned because they're bigger and wider and they want to float more than sink the rail in. So you're going to have to play with that feeling and play with the extremes to get it to bottom turn. You may not be, you may be coming from a short board or you may not have never felt that and that trying to get it on rail, you're probably going to have to fail a couple of times, face plant, overpower it, all these different things to get that feeling and start figuring out how your bigger board can bottom turn. People can bottom turn these boards. It's not a case of you can't do it. It's just you need to figure out how to do it be in the right stance, all those different things, things that we train in the OMBI programs. Moving on to cutbacks, I'm going to just use the cutback just because snaps and other stuff on longboards are a lot more difficult. Uh, dare I say, probably not even possible on many longboards. Um, but the cutback is universal. You can do it on a bigger board. You can do it on whatever. It's just, it's, it's different. So when you're coming to a cutback, you need to hold it longer. It's pretty much the same as above with the bottom turn. 
So same concepts. How does this board get on rail? It turns slower. There's a real trick here I find amazing when I'm working on my own. To do a cutback on a longer board, you need to have really good technique. The thing is huge, so to do a cutback, you really have to hold it, look where you're going, open up your body and move towards the foam. You can't just suddenly move and twist. It doesn't work that way. You've really got to apply this movement over time and follow through. And you can't just do the shortboard flail arms and hope for the best. You'll just move one way and your board's probably going to move the other way. This right here is why I started falling in love with them. That feeling of getting technique done well is amazing. And doing it on a bigger board where I find my experience on longboarding to be like cheating. I'm getting the board all the way into shore when I feel like on a shortboard I wouldn't even get halfway to shore. Um, and it would just die out. And it's this concept of doing things that aren't typically done on a longboard and doing a cutback on a longboard feels fun. And sure, I'm not doing a roundhouse cutback, but to get a full turn in one feels great. And to have that technique done well feels amazing. There's another caveat to this though, and that is your longboard doesn't fit the curvature of most waves. So you're not going to be going straight down the wave always. You need to modify the turn to allow the rocker to fit into the wave, the curvature of the wave. That your bottom turn may not be nose to the beach, depending how flat your board is. It's up to your board and how it fits into the wave in the conditions of that day. Same thing with your cutback. It may be a different arc, a different line that you need to take to match the board you're riding. And same thing with the different waves. You may need to take in that because you may be nose diving you may be struggling to pull the turn off because of these things. So you need to understand what that is. And this is also why it comes back to getting that board more vertical and doing a more vertical turn is very, like it's, the long board just doesn't turn that way and that quick. And it doesn't fit into a lot of those sections. Something that is less obvious with longboarding is that it gives you more time. But what does that mean? The obvious first thing that people think of is gives you more time to get into a wave, more time to set your line. And sure, that's great. Allows you to pick a line earlier, get more waves, or get ahead of a fast wave. But it also allows you to take off further out of the shoulder, further from the pocket. And this is a habit you don't want to encourage too much. Still the same thing. Find the peak where the wave is breaking and take off there. Just get in earlier than you would on a shortboard. That's what you want to do. You don't want to be encouraging yourself to take off further down the line on a shoulder because when you do that on your shortboard, it's just not going to work. You want to be encouraging yourself to apply the same techniques regardless of the tool. But if the wave is hollow, it's sucky, anything like that, obviously take that into consideration. And where's the right place for you to take off? You may just have to deal with some fear. That's probably more important. But what's not obvious is how the longboard gives you more time for all your maneuvers or whatever it is that you're doing. It's like a bus when compared to a car that takes so much longer to turn and this can be great. If you turn like a shortboard and do everything rapidly, it's not going to go well. You have to move more purposely and slowly to match the board and how it moves. Like I said before, if you move faster than the board, you're going to fall off and lose balance. This teaches you patience and that you don't have to rush your surfing. 
purposeful movement is so much better than wild movement. If you take more time, you move more fluidly. No turn is sudden. They're all drawn out and you need to take time. A longboard will also give you more time to set yourself, find your stance, but to also to feel the glide in and the power of the wave for your pop-up. If you watch longboards, a lot of footage will show them very slowly getting to their feet. Nothing is rushed, and they're watching the wave to find the best line and time to get up. This is what holds a lot of people back from doing the Oreo biscuit, which is our technique for catching waves easier, and they're feeling that lift. They're too quick to get to their, fit, their feet, and they don't know the feeling of lift from the wave. But doing this on a longboard, you can play with that feeling more. You have more time to get into the wave, more time to feel that feeling, more time to take the pressure away from your pop-up. All of these things, taking pressure away, pressure away from you, makes life easier and more fun. So they're all great lessons to learn. And be aware of, regardless if you're only surfing a longboard or surfing both a shortboard and longboard, the approach to longboarding and purposeful movement, taking more time, is exactly what most intermediate shortboard surfers need. So in summary, longboards, love them. Get one if you can. I love that feeling of cheating sometimes or summer in the UK can be quite small. Just having a board always ready to go no matter what's going on. Being that guy out the back, annoying when you're on a shortboard, when you're on a longboard, admittedly now being a convert, it is great fun to be that guy out the back catching all the set waves first, but you know, do have a bit of awareness for everyone else on the beach. So when you switch from one end of the board length spectrum to the other, it's going to highlight a lot of your weaknesses. And it goes both ways, even up to a longboard. If you can't turn a shortboard well, you're not going to be turning a longboard very well. You have to feel the board, how it responds to your movements, and adapt that movement to suit. Everything though is a drawn out move. Hold it. Move with purpose and grace. The difference is how long you draw it out based on the board. A longer board is going to give you more time to feel things and move with purpose. So use that feeling to work out your technique and play with it. If you want to improve your stance, learn to cross step. Learn to apply a longboarding bottom turn where it's slower, the movement is slower, and you've got to match the power you put into it to your shortboard to understand how to make your technique better. Same thing with your cutback. A lot of people want to do it quick. When you apply it to a bigger board, you can apply these lessons and then take it to your shortboard and go, how do I match that? And how do I now take that feeling and put the board on more rail or get more vertical? You're working out your technique problems in a really easy environment and figuring out a board of like, hey, if I can get this thing to move, then I can move my shortboard really well. So if you're going up to a longboard, we're riding one now, focus on that cross-stepping and improving your stance. Draw out all your turns and fail forwards. Attempt turns, attempt to turn the thing wildly and learn the limits of how well you can turn it. If it's not turning well, look at your technique. These are things for you. Frustration is pointing at the solution, but you may not just be aware of the solution yet. Otherwise you need to be aware, is this a symptom or is this the cause of what your frustration is? If you are going down to a shortboard, Neutral stance, neutral stance, bloody hell, just do neutral stance. It's the most important part. 
to stack your joints and surf with purpose. The sudden movement of your board is not a win. You're not turning into a mechanical bull ride. You want to do less and feel more. And this sudden movements of your board is a response to your flailing body, which is also a sign of really bad style. So move with purpose and hold the turns. You'll get from point A to point B. Take your time, slow it down. Slow down to speed up. Nothing is sudden and always look where you want to go. And finally, as I said at the start, remember that changing your board is a new S-curve. It's a new learning experience. You're going to suck before you get good. There are gonna be same thing with any new technique, maneuver, thing that you try. It's going to pose its experiences and that may highlight your weaknesses and you need to go through this whole S-curve. So that's a whole other topic to navigate that S-curve. But I wanna highlight that the first things you should always do is read the ocean better. Be in the right spot. Calm your mind, relax. Then allow your body to move, then change your equipment. If you have all those things, you can make that transition from longboard to shortboard really, really easy. Or shortboard to longboard, all of those things. It's then a case of how do I now apply the new OMBE to the new board? Because I've changed one thing, everything else now changes. So it's a whole other topic, that's a very quick insight to it. That will be a podcast episode coming soon. We're going to do the whole new Ombi Method 2.0. There'll be a full video program coming out, hopefully sometime soon. We're still editing. And there'll be a full series of podcasts on it as well. So if you're new to Ombi and you want to get involved, we have our free community app. It houses all of our training, our premium training as well. It's completely free to join, get involved, meet other surfers near you. The app is free. The link is in the description. And you can also do the current Ombi method, get the free PDF ebook. We will be updating all of that sometime soon. So you can have the old version and the new version, which is not actually repeat content. It's all completely new. So it's really exciting. You can get in early, see what the old stuff is and how we've then revamped it. Other than that, I'll see you next week.